Welcome back to another episode of the Picablo Radio. My name is Marcel from the Visual Friends and I'm your host. Before we head into today's episode, three little announcements very quick. First, um, you might have heard about the VisConf. VisConf is the first big-scale visualization conference for visual practitioners in Australia and the countries around. It just happened a couple of weeks ago and it was an amazing experience. And if you would like to look at like some pictures, what happened there at the open space or in the talks uh, with Sunny Brown and so on, please have a look on visconf.com.au and we have created some impressions. Some videos will be published soon and we have some pictures already up, over 300 pictures taken by Charity. If you hear that Charity, thanks a lot. All right, another announcement. The trainings before the end of the year, we have two trainings coming up, one in Brisbane and one in Sydney. In both classes, we have some seats left. And if you listen from somewhere else, then go over on bicablo.com. This is B-I-K-A-B-L-O.com and you find the training schedule for all the international trainings over there. Last but not least, I would like to send out an invitation for us as the visual friends our goal is to inspire people to work differently together and we believe that visual collaboration like when we visualize ideas together can actually change the company culture and what we like to do in your company is to come around and do a brown bag session for you normally we charge for that but if your company is interested in the field and you uh, would like to get uh, one of our trainers coming over and running a brown bag session you can just send us an email send the email and say hey i'm just listening to the pickup radio i would like to book that and we only shout one free brown bag session so the quickest one you get it and apart from the travel costs all is covered all right then we start with the episode thank you very much and talk to you soon hey guys let me introduce to you danny low danny is not only a picablo trainer and partner at the visual friends he's also a very good friend of mine and in many ways we are very similar we touched a bit about that but i forgot to tell you one great story so at the early days when I met Danny, he told me that he will take time off to travel with his family around the world. He told me that he would like to do that to pass on some experiences he and his wife did and as well to show the kids the world. And with that, we pretty much hit the core DNA of Danny. He likes to pass on experiences, not only of course to his children, but also to the students of the Visual Friends. He likes to help others and is a great mate that everyone would like to have as a friend. We're following his personal journey and hear about project management, agile coaching, and finally finding the Visual Friends. For me, Danny's story is another great example of what can happen in life when you follow your passion and make a couple of choices at the right time. Please feel welcome to listen to our lawyer and Kung Fu master, Danny Lowe from Brisbane. Welcome to another episode of the Picablo Radio. Today with my dear friend and business partner, Danny Lowe from Brisbane. And he is an agile team facilitator, visual practitioner and coach. Welcome, Danny. Hi, Marcel. <laughs> this is far away because I'm, as normal, uh, part of the Visual Friends. I'm located in Hamburg and Danny, you are in Brisbane right now, right? That's, that's correct. 
Cool. So while the other two of us uh, uh, run trainings today in Melbourne and Wellington, we have the honor to to spend a bit of time together on the on the show. It's um, I look forward to that for a long time. And now it's it, it becomes true. We are both so busy and great to have you on the show. Thanks, Yeah, Danny, I know, of course, a lot about you, but I think it's important that our people, our clients, our uh, people who we work with, they need to know who's behind the visual friends as well. And with that, I think it's very important to introduce uh, the trainers as well. So we have done an episode with uh, John from Melbourne, who is our local trainer in Melbourne. And if you have not listened to that one, you can jump over. It's an earlier episode, John Hebel. And today it's all about you. And Jenny, maybe I always like to understand a bit like where you come from or where the person I interview is coming from. So give us a bit of a background. I think you didn't grow up in Brisbane, right? Like where did you spend your childhood? Yeah, no, I actually did. I'm a Brisbane born and bred boy. Uh, good that uh, I know that. I... <laughs> no, all good. Um, born and bred here, but I came to a part of my life when I finished high school where I was seeing the same people, talking about the same things, going to the same pubs, and I got quite stuck, quite bored. And at that stage, my uh, mother and father had separated and mum had moved back to her hometown, Adelaide. And she suggested, why don't you come down, stay with me and study in Adelaide? So I went down there. You just helped me because I was like... Oh my God, I, I saw Dennis from Adelaide, <laughs> but in, <laughs> in some ways you are. Uh, so, okay, tell us about Adelaide. Thanks. So Adelaide, um, I went down there. I uh, studied arts and I studied law down there um, and, in fact, had my first job in Adelaide. So I spent eight years of my life down there, which was fantastic. Uh, met my lovely wife, Anna, down at Adelaide University. Um, we were doing a German play uh, for the German club. That's where we met which is a fantastic guy, studied with the German uh, university. And part of my extracurricular activities uh, was, yeah, uh, joining the guys and having fun in the German club. Und das ist auch der Grund, warum du einigermaßen, also ziemlich gut, nicht einigermaßen, Deutsch sprichst, richtig? Danke dir. <laughs> no worries. Um, so so you, you, you studied together, like Anna and you, and then you, you also... Very close. Yeah. And you also moved, very, very, moved yeah. together then to Germany. Is that correct? Or how was that? Yeah. Anna was two, yeah, about a year and a half, almost two years uh, in front of me with law. And about the same with um, German as well. But the German exchange came through Adelaide Law Faculty and the uh, law faculty in uh, Marburg Universität in uh, Marburg. Um, we were the second intake to go across from Adelaide. So we went across together and did a year law exchange. And when I say law exchange, I'm meaning more of a cultural exchange, less mm -hmm. academic. Um, mm -hmm. Crazy Swedish friends, engineering students, yeah, they like to join, join everyone in, party, have fun. That was good. And that's the reason why you can cope with me. <laughs> <laughs> Used to the Northern European time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you are you're the guy who makes sure that the visual friends don't end up in prison because you you have <laughs> have you have you actually finished this um, lawyer degree or like I, I did yeah yeah um, finished uh, my uh, law degree at Adelaide University and I practiced law with a, a national Australian law firm down at Adelaide in banking and finance but at that stage uh, it wasn't I didn't feel quite comfortable with the partner I was working under. 
And I essentially, I quit. I was making myself feeling, you know, sick. I didn't want to go to work. I went, Anna, I can't do this. No, that's it. So I quit. So she said, what are we going to do? I went, yeah, how are we going to Brisbane? Okay. <laughs> we got no ties here. So <laughs> off we went. That's where we went back up to Brisbane. Why Brisbane? For the better weather or? Uh, hometown. Hometown. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. I was only in Adelaide for eight years. Yeah. And my father was still in Brisbane, um, the older of my two younger sisters. Mm. Uh, she was also in Brisbane. So, yeah, it was just a natural choice to come back up here. And coming back to Brisbane, I really felt a change because I was away from the city for eight years. And when I came back, it was just remarkable how much Brisbane had changed, how much it had become more of a, a city uh, that it started to, A, embrace its river. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot mm-hmm. of things happening around the river. Mm-hmm. Be the nightlife as well. Um, people were going out and enjoying dinner, coffee on a Wednesday night, mm. uh, which beforehand, um, yeah, was unheard of. So having that breakaway, it really opened my eyes. Went, wow, what's been happening here? So it was just a fantastic time to get back into Brisbane. Yeah, it's not that long, right? In Australia, the the um, cities, the CBDs, were in the on the weekend or so. In uh, f- like 50, 60 years ago, they were like deserted. There were yeah. no one around, and you can buy yeah. actually property very very cheap. And and today it's a it's a vibrant uh, Friday night, Saturday night evening, right? Like down there. That's it. Yeah. Totally. And I'm I have to say, like I enjoy the river in Brisbane really so much like uh, we used to run the trainings uh, next to the river in Tenerife and the oh you have done this we, we yeah. met actually there right and yeah, um, it. uh, it's it's an amazing um, lifestyle and work-life balance down there right yeah I think you've got the key there it's just a fantastic work like work-life balance mm-hmm. um, so so when you when you moved back I just had a look at your LinkedIn profile you, you started at Suncorp or what is it that you did from there <sighs> Uh, when I came back, um, I went back into banking and finance for another major law firm, much to my uh, wife's uh, disbelief. I was there for about another year and a half, and, yeah, I, I basically came to another decision. Yeah, okay, that's confirmed that I don't want to do what I'm doing, and that's practicing private practice law. Mm-hmm. I left private practice of law, ended up getting a three-week contract with the government department, uh, the department or sort of the Office of Fair Trading here in Brisbane, and that three weeks ended up, Turning into nine years. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it was only going to be temporary and I ended up loving the work I did back then. Uh, it was fantastic. So that's where I started to get my taste um, and develop my skills in project management. Mm-hmm. So from project management to agile, how was that shift? Because to you today, you're definitely an, an agile leader in, in visual consultant. Like, what is it that made that step? Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, took a redundancy package um, from the Office of Fair Trading in 2013. Doing that job for nine years, I got to a stage where I was quite stale in what I was doing and um, the government was uh, offering voluntary packages. And Anna, she, sends, she essentially pushed me and said, when's the next time someone's going to give you that amount of money? Mm. I thought about it. Mm. Hmm, probably never again. So, yeah, I took, took the decision, took the money, and I did a bit of contracting work, which wasn't in um, uh, project management. And I think being away from that environment really make, made me think, hey, I actually do really like the project management aspect. I really like the creating something and building something. I really like that aspect. And when I got a role in Suncorp, I heard about this agile thing, um, scrum-based teamwork. And I went, hang on, this is project management, but these guys do it really differently. And the way they do it, I really like it. So I just gravitated straight away to it. Mm. 
after working in, in project management, like um, maybe we stop for a second. And I wonder, because this all leads like to, to visualization, right? But I wonder, have you yeah. always had a favor for, for drawing or do you always wanted to become um, like a, a, a chief doodler at Visual Friends or in this way? Or like, what was it? How was this for you? I think I have because um, in the past where I've seen, you know, these graphic illustrators uh, on the web, on YouTube, I've always been going, wow, just pulled straight towards A, because of the technique and the way they were able to distill ideas into a drawing, um, but then B, thinking, well, hang on, it's just drawing. And I doodled before uh, and I've loved, you know, sketching. I've always thought, I want to learn this. I want to be able to do this. There's always been that um, internal drive, but it's never been front of mind. Yeah. It wasn't until I um, was going to go to a, uh, a lunch and learn session uh, midweek uh, here in Brisbane. It was run by an agile consultancy up here called Elaborate. Their office is uh, also down in the southern states. And it was an introduction to visualization. And I thought, hang on, what's this all about? And that piqued my interest really quickly. Unfortunately, I couldn't go to that session because the person who was going to present wasn't able to deliver it. But at the same time, um, Elaborate started promoting your course. I think it was your second or third course you delivered in um, Brisbane with a discount code. I went, hang on, hang on, here we go. And that's uh, signed up. And, well, it's not, I'm not going to say the rest is history, but uh, <laughs> getting in, jumping on board and going, wow, yeah, that's it. Nice. And, and you know, like how the things then come together, right? By, because an agile yeah. visualization, and I think we, we dig in there a bit more because you're an agile guy, I'm an agile guy, so let, let's talk about it for a second. But the, the, uh, how things come together from project management to agile, where you visualize and where you yeah. get the work onto the wall and on task boards and so yeah. on. And then you, you, you mm -hmm. see this, this um, one little event And it yeah. makes basically ring and hook comes together, makes click, and you're hooked in this way and uh, sign up for the training. And yeah, that's it. So without that, um, we would not have met. So thanks again, elaborate no. for being amazing anyway. But like, uh, bring Danny to us. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, just before we go on, what you said triggered um, a memory. When I was at the Office of Fair Trading in project management, I was having to communicate to uh, our uh, minister, so our uh, government minister, who was the, the who was the head of the department essentially, on some complex legal uh, legislation in relation to incorporated limited partnerships. It's quite a technical type of business entity, and because uh, our then minister had no legal training, I, I pondered. I thought, how can I? communicate um, the concepts and the legal effects of these business entities in a way that the minister can comprehend. And I brought it back to simple graphical drawings. At that stage, all I did was use PowerPoint, but I used the tools and techniques in PowerPoint to convey that message. And the feedback I got from the minister and the minister's office was they were just blown away that they were able to comprehend it so quickly, which was great reinforcement for me to think, oh, hang on, I thought I was on something. And then when I got that feedback, I realized, This really does work. So I think that was sort of the starting point. Mm -hmm. And then being exposed to the Carbolo technique without me knowing it, jumped on board and leveraged off what I knew but didn't really expressly know. Nice. Have you, I just come basically, uh, it comes back to, I just got the idea like with, with this big domain knowledge in law, 
Have you ever wondered, like, um, this is like a unique value proposition, right? Like a graphic recorder who has a background in, in law and you can visualize and understand uh, the conversations. It's, totally. It's um, f for you like a, like a quick win to brand in this field. Or would you say like uh, law? Mm, thank you for that. It was a nice part of my history, my journey. I met my wife through that. Thanks for that. But that's done. Or would you say like... Uh, I would use the skill to bring happiness in the field of, of law yeah. and through visualization. What is the what's your point? I, I see I see where you're going there. Totally. The the legal field is so it's a, it's an industry which not screams for this type of uh, communication method, but would be enhanced by uh, this technique. There's now concepts of contracts being um, drawn up between two parties graphically mm -hmm. in uh, drawings. And this is something that I'm not sure if it's uh, a world first, but certainly a, an Australian first. There's an Australian firm in Sydney, I understand, that has done this now. And I think it's done for an employment contract. And they've used um, a graphical style of communicating the obligations between two parties. So there's, not, there's hardly any words at all. This is really interesting because like yeah. a, a contract in itself, right? It's, it's a balance, right? It needs to be fair. Otherwise one will cancel it soon. And mm. so you have on both sides, some inputs and some outputs. That's at least what I just made out of it. Like, how oh, I understand. And mm. as I'm coming from a uh, computer science background, this basically is a mm. logic chart, right? Like where you have some yeah. back and forth and um, results if that happens. So it's, It's an amazing exactly right. idea to, to visualize that. Yeah, if this, then that. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally agree. Very interesting, yeah. Uh, is, it, is it a public known thing, how, how they do it? Can you, is there a show note we should announce? Um, no, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely been uh, made public. I saw on the web, it was a while back, would have been about, probably about a year back mm -hmm. I saw it. It's something brand new, and I'm pretty sure it was an employment contract. The employment contract was distilled to a, a graphical contract. Mm -hmm. It wasn't completely absent of words, but the, the graphical aspect was really the dominant feature. Yeah, of course. If we find this, we, we put in a show note, then you can look it up. I think it's an, a yeah. very clever idea to quickly get an understanding of a contract. If you, because for me, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a, similar to you, like I'm a visual thinker in, in this way that I, I uh, if I see something, I have actually stored it in my brain if i have to That's li listen to something and really uh, like oh my god i don't want to start here but my my <laughs> partner mm. is probably ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's, that's well, we're, we're wired we're wired to do yes that. and and it's really quick to understand this complexity of of a legal contract that's it very nice but I want to come back to a point that you said earlier, like you, you saw the visualization uh, through Elaborate and then at the same time you were working in the field of project management in the agile field. Like how have you applied so far in your, in your work um, at Suncorp or now at QSuper mm -hmm. as well, the visualization in, at your workplace, like how, how have you used that? Sure. I'll take you back to my time at Suncorp. I was um, working with an enterprise risk reporting team. Essentially, uh, it's all about data. And because data really is uh, it's very dry, and the, the systems and the software we use to bring that data to our consumers was something brand new within the risk reporting world I was in. 
I found using the visualization of that process far more effective than trying to tell a story through words because how many times have we sat through, you know, supposed showcases, uh, meetings to hear about what other people have done and felt, okay, when's my lunch starting? Or Your mind hasn't been there. So I thought, okay, I've just gone through this amazing course with Marcel. Um, I've learned some really cool techniques. I'm going to apply them. So essentially, I did a, uh, a poster of our journey developing our, we turned it the enterprise risk database. And I visualized that process itself and how we got the data into the hands of our customers uh, in Suncorp. And that was the Suncorp risk community. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, like just to get an understanding, how big was the drawing? Where was it um, shown and how many people you were showing that to? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Coming out of the class, uh, we were taught on paper with pen. But at the time I did this, I did it on a, um, I think it was a, yeah, it was a Samsung Galaxy uh, Note. I did an electronic drawing. It was a poster on a, since the, the face of the tablet roughly about a bit smaller than A4. Mm-hmm. And I made a soft copy of that and then made it bigger, blew it up uh, to a larger size. And that was uh, put into a, um, a pack. Mm-hmm. PowerPoint pack, which was then presented. And then when that shot was shown on the screen, I uh, talked to the screen itself. Very nice. Which is, which is, by the way, a, a very effective technique. People often ask in our training, how do I use it when I work remote? So why not, why not prepare on a piece of paper, take a picture? The cameras are so good. And if you use yeah. like techniques like cam scanner or so, you, you can actually trace, you get a very clean yeah. picture out of it, and then you put in your slide deck. That's it. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you... In, in presentation mode of PowerPoint, you can actually draw into your slide deck and save it. Yes. That's also yes. not often known by the people. So after this visualization, what, what happened next? That gave me some validation in terms of, A, from a conference point of view, that, hey, what I'm doing, people actually engage with and enjoyed it. From there, I took my technique further, not within Suncorp. Uh, at that stage, that's when uh, I moved out of Suncorp and I um, moved to a digital team with the Department of Justice. Yes, went back into government. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was for a digital team this time, but not in um, project management. And we were essentially moving away from legacy uh, computer systems and moving into the cloud. And because this concept was so new, I brought a the journey in journey down, just still that down to paper, and also uh, used paper and pen to explain what was the cloud, why we were doing it, and how, uh, most importantly, how we were going to do it. Essentially, the use of APIs as well, because people were very um, not concerned, but they were anxious about, well, we have this system, and we still want to be able to use this system. How is it going to interact? And the complexity with software software development is such that uh, words alone can't um, engage people. And because this is a government, and this is a, like the, the, there are actually pictures on your LinkedIn profile you can ha- have a look at, if you like, uh, where you can see the data workflow. This is what you were talking about, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So have a look. It's, it's like a very clean Picablo-style uh, drawing, like very like few colors, very nice use of colors. And um, yeah, you see this data flow workshop outcome there. Yeah, that was the Suncorp one, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Danny, the other thing I've seen is, is another drawing. Again, super clean style, neighborhood dispute resolution. That was yeah, after that, right? Yeah. What was that about? So, yeah, that was uh, when I was still with the digital team in the Department of Justice. 
it was a um, hackathon, the Queensland Department of Justice, uh, its uh, first hackathon, was it 2018? Yeah, this year. And because it was the first one and I was available that week, I put my hand up to graphically record the uh, keynote address, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, it was a great experience, really good experience. Mm-hmm. If you would summarize this experience, so what is the... So first of all, I, I look at the picture right now. We put it in the blog post of this on our website. But if I think about the learnings you, you had, because for me, I always learn something new when I do a graphic recording. Was it for you the same? Do you, how, uh, what was, how was your experience and, and what would you say, uh, I learned something I would like to pass on to people who try that? Because it takes a lot of courage, first of all, right? It does, yeah. No, that's, that's spot on. It does take a lot of courage. I felt when I was at that stage with that graphic recording, I was comfortable enough to put myself out there. Essentially, when you're there, you do make yourself vulnerable because you're, you're there for all the participants. But I'd come a reasonable way in my um, visualization journey that I felt I was able to. I started small, so original uh, enterprise risk database concept that was just small with my uh, small team, and I just developed them there. When I got the graphic recording for the hackathon, I'd been drawing for quite some time, and it was all about preparation for that uh, graphic recording and any graphic recordings, uh, really. It's all about preparation beforehand. I was able to get the deck from the keynote speaker beforehand to get an idea of the, the flow and the key themes, And from that, um, I was able to get some ideas in terms of the layout for the actual post itself. So I would get some uh, key icons, which could uh, represent those key themes. And I was able to pencil parts of the poster beforehand. When I did the poster, I made sure that uh, I was at the back of the room. I didn't want to be at the front of the room. I didn't want the split attention effect to come in. It was all about the speaker, and rightly so. It should always be about the speaker. So I sat at the back, and it was an amazing feeling doing that uh, whilst you were speaking. And then have people at the end come up and go, wow, wow, that was just amazing. When did you do that? She just spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Having that feedback, yeah, it was just fantastic. And, and and you you have a couple of like duels I would like to uh, to highlight. First of all, preparation is is like even also in meetings, right? It's in workshops, it's it's eighty percent. It's yeah. really a lot that you can prepare beforehand. You don't have to be this rock yes. star who, who has like does everything like out of his pocket. You can just prepare pencil in and you have maybe a layout even did you had an i yeah. like you, you have seen the slide deck before do you had an I, idea how you want to have the reading flow or is it just start in the middle or like how was it i had a general idea from the powerpoint deck uh, as to where it was going to go and i went for uh, the simple z layout so starting from top left going from left to right then coming down uh, on a diagonal to the bottom uh, left again and then across the right, and I just followed that layout with uh, capturing the themes. So how long after the training, after the peak training, was it? Um, just trying to think. Uh, the first one or the second tra- one? Yeah, you trained me, was it March, April last year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, hackathon this year was, we are now November. Hackathon was probably May, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I'm thinking May. So a year, a bit more than a year. Yeah. Nice. After this, I think you 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 decided you you changed the job, and uh, we met or well, we met again talking about becoming a trainer and part of the Visual Friends, and then started at Q Super. It's like, how has your last year, I think, since then been like? 
What yeah. what made you what made you interested in becoming a trainer and part of the team and uh, what made you move then to to Q Super where you work as well? My uh, my interest peaked in terms of becoming a trainer after I finished up at Suncorp. I really wanted to do more of the work that you were doing, and I, I love working with people. I, I love teaching people what I know, sharing my knowledge. I gravitated towards what you were doing, and we hooked up in September. Last year, you were training at PWC up here in Brisbane and you were looking for a helper. Um, so I put my hand up and volunteered for that session and I loved it so much. I think I just kept pestering you saying, what can I do? What can I do? I can, oh, can do more, please. What, what can I do for you? And you really surprised me because at that stage, uh, you felt comfortable with being able to work with me. And I asked, so what's happening in Brisbane? And you went, oh, I've already found my man in Brisbane. And I was actually quite disappointed when you said that. And I went, oh. And then you went, it's you went, oh, oh. <laughs> took me by surprise. That was, that was really cool. I can surprise people. That's cool. <laughs> Didn't know that. So when I, the, the, this one training at PwC, especially I, I could already see like how much background you have in training and, um, and, and how much passion you have for, for passing it on. Is this part of your mission? Like when you think about what would I like to do or like we all leave something, right? This planet, what do you like to leave behind? Yeah, yeah, like what is the passion you would like to and, and what it would like to leave behind? I'd like to be known as, oh yeah, that was a guy that used to help everyone. I, I really, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Now you, you just nailed it. You basically hit full on my my spot of you, um, this is the guy who uh, helped always everyone because there are people like service and help people with that or people are more interested in product and I'm so yeah. interested in in helping and, and serving others with with the service and I think that makes yeah. uh, visual friends also what we do. And makes you, of course, an amazing agile coach or um, yeah. uh, iteration manager in, in, in this way at, at QSuper. It's like, what's your role in QSuper right now? QSuper. So um, I'm coaching the insurance uh, teams, insurance technology teams in their delivery of a new claims management system for QInsure, which is the um, internal company, internal business unit, which de delivers insurance services for QSuper, the superannuation fund. And interestingly enough, the way I was able to find myself in QSuper was when I, and actually John uh, and I delivered um, some in-house Bacabla training to some of the change management community at QSuper. And I was uh, just coming off contract from the digital team at the Department of Justice and I explained my background and um, one of the managers, they went, oh, oh. We need to chat. <laughs> went, Why? <laughs> said, uh, your skills are perfect. We need someone with your skills now. Went, okay, when do you start? Now? Boom. That was it. Yeah, so it was just uh, one of those things. The right place at the right time. Yes. When I, when I heard this, I was like, I was super happy for you. And at the same time, it's like, no, I lost my <laughs> <Yeah>. friend. <laughs> yeah. And we, were, we were thinking about doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that conversation. Absolutely. And I, at this point, I, yeah, that QSuper is so flexible. This is amazing. It was exactly yeah. the same thing what happened when I worked at Maya. So you just have to be uh, transparent what you do and talk to each other. Yeah. And then uh, all things exactly. are possible. It's, that's uh, how yeah. we operate. If we think about things you would like to do in the future. So you, I know you're also a Kung Fu trainer, but like in terms of training or passing things on, what are your projects in two perspectives? One is Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. And the other one mm -hmm. is Visual Friends. 
Yeah, um, I'd probably add a third dimension to that as well. Uh, it's also coaching um, junior rugby union teams. Uh, I come from from that background of coaching. I've coached at our club here in Brisbane, West uh, Brisbane Bulldogs. I've coached uh, the women's team there for quite some years and now with two boys, I coach their teams as well, which is I naturally gravitate towards that area. It's that uh, coming back to I like to help people. So coaching rugby union and coaching uh, kung fu students. I also learn kung fu, but also uh, am an instructor in kung fu and also tai chi as well. Busy man. Yeah. <laughs> in Kung Fu, is this, is this natural that you, when you learn it, you pass it directly on? Because in Picablo, we have this, um, when we learn the icons, we actually teach them to each other, right? Because you mem- remember yeah. more. Is the same philosophy yeah. in, in Kung Fu or why, why you, when you started, like pretty soon became a trainer there, right? Exactly the same type of philosophy. You need a base level uh, of technique in our style, circular Tonglong. Uh, you need a base level of the technique before you start teaching um, other students. But once you reach that level, then um, our Sifu uh, essentially is, as I said, uh, before you go further, you now need to start to learn how to pass that knowledge on, A, because it's helping our school, and B, it's going to deepen your knowledge and understanding of the art. Mm-hmm. So exactly the same type of philosophy. Very nice. All right, Danny. Now it's time for a couple of quick questions I would like to ask. And... May we start with a very simple one, your favorite color? My favorite color? I'd probably say blue. All right. And you can see that on the drawings, <laughs> on the drawings in on LinkedIn at Danny's ah, profile. Yeah. Of course. So in, in terms of your life, like if you think about who was the biggest influencer for your life? I'd say first, firstly, my mother. She has a very strong EQ, very strong emotional intelligence and She's passed it on either genetically, but also from the, the nurture side, from learning. I can remember being a young boy and going through courses with her in terms of uh, understanding yourself and understanding other people. So I'd say, yes, that's definitely been a major influence. Okay. What profession, other than like the own one that you have right now, you would like to mm. attempt and maybe you wanted to do as a child? As a child, yeah, uh, coming back to the beginning part of this conversation, I always wanted to be an architect. I was always fascinated by these people who were able to draw really cool layouts of buildings and the internal internal uh, workings of houses, where people lived and how they lived. I was always fascinated about that. Maybe we should uh, move the, the perspective of visual friends to architecture because Lisa has a background in architecture as well, so it's 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. t- yeah. totally. All right, like in, in terms of facilitation, like um, do you have any favorite toys, favorite markers, favorite gadgets in uh, visual facilitation or in facilitation in training in general you would like to pass on? It's like, hey, guys, check this out. This is amazing. Favorite toys or techniques? I'm just trying to think. Mm, go for both. Techniques, I always like to use the check-in. I always like to, regardless of uh, whatever session we're holding as a group, I always like to give people that voice at the beginning of the conversation, be it, you know, describe yourself in terms of weather or, you know, what movie star would you be in um, science fiction, just so they can say something. I've always found that really powerful because uh, it allows people to warm up with themselves and also warm up within the group. And being a facilitator, allowing them to warm up because you've got lots of different people, lots of diverse personalities in a room, and not all, everyone's going to feel comfortable to speak immediately. But giving them the ability to speak 
I've always found works really well. Right. Next question. Which movie star would you like to be in? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, so that was a question, wasn't it? That's okay. a question. No, I just made it up. Uh, yeah. I'd probably go for Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy. Just thinking off the top of my head, he yeah, he played just a very, very cool character. He was heading down that superhero bent, but wasn't quite there, but just had some really seriously good tunes. Very cool tunes. Nice. All right. If heaven exists and you knock on heaven's door at one day, what would you like yep. to hear God says when you arrive at the pearly gate? I'd like him or her to say, welcome. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. Come on in. Come and join the fun. <laughs> All right. That probably takes a couple of hundred years more. And where, um, <laughs> if you think of the next years, like as we as we build something together as well with the Visual yeah. Friends, where yeah. are you and where are we in, in 10 years? In 10 years from now, I'd like to be at a stage where we're having to do, develop and give the visual community in Australia and 10 years from now, I, I want to see people in a lot of workspaces go for the pen and paper firstly before they go to a PowerPoint or a whiteboard. And I want to be able to be in a position where they, we can offer them training technique or techniques that takes them to the next level. So within 10 years, uh, our vision really is for Australia to be a big, strong visual community. Hi. Absolutely like the idea. And we, we did something amazing together when we when we look back, like we had the VisConf uh, visualization, yeah. first large scale visualization conference together with Sketch Group. And yeah. you did some amazing footage, interviewed people. It's still on my hard drive. I will release it soon. The picture's already up from you and Charity on the visconf.com.au. But if you look back, Danny, what was your insights when you were there at the VisConf? VizConf for me was a place uh, for where people could just come and be themselves, bring themselves to that conference and not feel afraid. Uh, there was some amazingly talented people at that conference, but just being that, not necessarily an outsider, but that third person watching the interaction amongst different groups, amongst different people with different skills, you wouldn't notice it. You wouldn't notice that person A has, you know, 10 years worth of experience versus person B who's only been doing it for six months. You would never have noticed it. Just the ability of the community to come together and to share was just fantastic. All right. And, and one thing you learned there? One thing I learned there? Mm -hmm. Oh, what did I learn? I learned that it is it's incredibly hard to... Bring people together in such a short time in such an organized way, it's difficult, it's hard. And yeah, hats off to what you and Matt did. Um, I know uh, you guys did a lot of work by yourselves and then brought uh, us as volunteers on a lot of stage just to sort of help you at the back end. We didn't realize how much work went into it until we were there. So yeah, I learned that, uh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to have passion to do it firstly. And I think you guys had passion from the get-go. So uh, I learned that. Yeah, and with uh, I have to say that's not possible without those helpers. We had twenty helpers, uh, volunteers there, who yeah, made this possible. Thing. Yeah, and 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 then yeah. you were absolute like you were part of that. So don't put yourself down. That was an amazing work together. And let's let's I think we just dub, double the numbers next year, and then we see what yeah. that whether we double the numbers again. So if we double the numbers every for ten years, then we did this what we just said. Exactly. 
I'm just thinking of of um, other things, like if you look for other projects or things you would like to do, like uh, Christmas is coming and any things you would like to do in uh, 2019, you would say, oh, check this out, guys, uh, some tips you could uh, you would like to share with the community, something, your, your new toys you, you just found and you would like to have a look at this or what, what you find inspiring yeah. right now. Yeah, what's going to inspire me shortly is uh, an electric skateboard that Anna and my two boys uh, have bought they bought two years ago for me well they didn't actually buy but they gave it to me as a present and uh, it's taken me two years to get around to buying it for myself um, and I'll be buying it for, uh, in the next couple of weeks so I'm looking forward to uh, telling people how much fun the electric skateboard is if you see someone with a Visual Friends t-shirt nothing to do with visualization <laughs> <laughs> with a marker and a remote control for his Visual Skateboard it's Danny going through Brisbane classic <laughs> is there any question I should ask you um, or you'd like to share with the community around visual facilitation around Brisbane, um, something that's important for the visualization community in Brisbane? Probably like to call out our meetup group that uh, we have. We haven't been running it on a regular basis just because the community is uh, it's it's not small, but it uh, isn't enough at this, at this point in time to get uh, natural momentum. Uh, it's definitely building. We're having a meetup on the 29th of November and we've got 20 people registered. So we're expecting a good group of people to get together, building on that group and having regular opportunities to come together and share. So it's coming back to VizCom. There was just a lot of sharing of technique, a lot of sharing of experiences. So having that uh, within the Brisbane visual community, sharing of experiences, that's how I learned and that's how I will continue to grow as well just by hearing about what others have been doing and also me giving my experience and um, techniques to other people as well. So look at the calendar, 29th of November. And if you hear this episode later, where can people find the meetup? Is it on meetup.com or how, how, what I need to do to find you guys? Yeah, sure. No, it's on meetup.com. If you uh, search for visualization Australasia, you will come across it. It's, it'll say it's based out of Melbourne. Uh, that's where essentially it started. But it cuts across all the major cities, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and we're getting one up and running, or a chapter, so to speak, up in uh, New Zealand as well. Nice. And, and Danny does an amazing job there to bring the community in Queensland there together. I, I wish you an amazing evening, and thanks for the interview, and, and talk to you soon, man. Fantastic. It's been a great conversation. You did it. You listened until the end. And if you found this useful, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or um, jump over on iTunes and give us a star rating. Leave us a comment and what we could do differently. You could also leave a question for some guests. Like I'm trying a different type of questions every time and I'm trying a bit around with different types of questions. And I would like to know what you would like that I ask. So please Write me a comment, write me an email and give us a star rating on iTunes. Thanks a lot. Oh, by the way, if you listen to us on Spotify, welcome, because you are probably one of the first ones who found us on Spotify. We just activated it and welcome to the show. All right, until the next time, have an awesome day and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <music>